cap. Chilling, man. What's happening? What's good, everybody? Back again Wednesday. Um, last last few days of September. Um, get you know bye week for UM. Of course, the season didn't start out how we would we all have liked it to be. Two and two, we finished with the first quarter of the season. Um, hey man, it is what it is. There's nothing, nothing else to really talk about besides man moving forward, trying to do better. Um, star ACC played next week against North Carolina. Um, hopefully, you know, staff and the team um, could get over that embarrassing loss from last week and move forward for the better. Kyle, roll was good. What's up? What's going on, brother? How you doing? I don't know if it's my phone or is it that y'all just low today or something. Yeah, I can hear him. Yeah, fine. Yeah. But can everybody hear me good though? Yeah. Yeah, we got yeah. you. Okay, okay, okay. I thought it was just my phone. Okay. So um, yeah, I think with a third of the season gone, you know, obviously it ain't what we wanted so far, but I think there's some promising things that we could look back on. Um you know, and, and be satisfied with, or at least, uh, you know, happy with. Um, and then there's a lot left to be desired, right? But anybody that thought we were going to be, you know, the number one team in the country in the first season of Mario's tenure was probably not being really realistic, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Doesn't mean we can't be disappointed, though, you know, in, a, in an MTSU loss. Um, that was, to me, more than a loss. They whooped our ass, you know what I mean? And, um, totally agree with that. Yeah, and I, I think that speaks volumes about uh, the climate. Um, you know, the next two weeks, or at least the next week, you know, the week past and this week coming uh, around around Green Tree, because I can assure you, Mario hears the noise. You know what I mean? And and Coach Gaddis hears the noise. So I fully expect that they come out. You know, not necessarily clicking on all cylinders, but I think they got to correct some of the things that that we've all seen. Um, terms of the offense, lack of production. I do think Jake's going to, you know, get the nod. Uh, if he doesn't, I hope TVD has a short leash, you know, because we can't go into the third quarter down in ACC play and expect for him to come off the bench again and, and light it up. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, no, uh, oh, my home. Oh, I thought that was me. <laughs> uh, what you think of that, man? What you think about uh, you know, the first third of the season, man? You see anything uh, good that you like? Yeah, I saw a lot good after rewatching the Texas A and M game. I could take that. That I can't necessarily take the uh, the Middle Tennessee game away, but before that game, I felt good even after the Texas A and M loss because I saw. I saw a whole lot of positives. I saw a lot of positives. It was just little things here and there, and really TVD falling off the rails. He don't yeah. fall off the rails. We beat Texas A&M. Probably don't look like that against Middle Tennessee, even though it was both offense and defense. So I saw a lot of good things. I just, if my thought process is we don't have any more games to that we going to overlook, at least I hope, at least I think, 
Because I think we're going to get up for all the rest of these games because they're quote-unquote worthy opponents on paper. I think mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee was just, you know, it's just what it was. They beat the – there's no, there's no, nothing to explain. It was inexplicable. But take that game away. And um, I'm actually pretty positive as far as what we showed on the field. But you're right. The climate and the culture, it's a big issue right there. Kyle, I got a question for you, man. You know what I noticed, man? When 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 mm-hmm. they pulled T when they when they pulled TVD out of the game and Jay came in, it was real interesting. The whole team just the energy just changed totally. Yeah. You mm-hmm. and, and that that's the issue. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, there's something going on. I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, you got of course the backup quarterback come in, but I mean the whole it was just a whole total energy change, man. And uh, it, it, it just had me very curious, man. Like, what's really, what's really going on in the locker room? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it was very noticeable. <laughs> um, I'm hoping <laughs> it's nothing too deep in. I hope it was just one of them situations where, you know, the backup quarterback is everybody's favorite player when the, when the, when the starter's struggling. I'm hoping it's one of those things. I mean, included with Jake, because everybody loves Jake just from a standpoint of, you know, how Jake fit in, you know, Jake's hype and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping it's that. I hope the locker room isn't fraction. You know what I'm saying? But it could be that deep. But you're right. Like, you can't. It's something you can't ignore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, um, you know, we was going to talk about accountability for about like a good five to ten minutes. Um, um, my this And this is only opinion. This is nothing factual about what I'm about to say. Um, you know, I came up with, with an opinion about who's really accountable for what's going on um, with the offense. I just stick with the offensive side of, of football. Um, and, you know, a lot of the blame is getting thrown towards Josh Gaddis. And we kind of not look at the quarterback coach, which is Ponce. Um, if your quarterback is unprepared, he's confused. You know, it's your job to have him prepared for a football game, to have him prepared for the offense, um, have him doing exactly what the offensive coordinator wants him to do. So the accountability, I kind of just throw towards both the coordinator and the quarterback coach because he's looking like he's really confused at what's really going on. So um, that's that's just my opinion about who I who I would blame the you know account, who 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 I would say is accountable for the actions of our offense the first four games. Um, by the lack of what's going on. That's just my opinion. It's not factual. Again. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you got to put some of that accountability on TVD himself too, right? Because, you know, ultimately he's the one out there either making the play or not making the play. And we've seen some pretty, uh, you know, head-scratching throws from him. And he's been late most of the season on his throws. It's like he's throwing to where they're at instead of throwing them open, Right. And, you know, to some degree, I can understand that. He, he may not have the confidence in the receivers uh, based off practice. But, you know, you got to you gotta get out there and you got to play. When you're the guy, you have to be the guy. And, unfortunately, in the first four games, TVD hasn't been the guy, man. He's had some nice plays, some good throws. He's had some drops. But he just hasn't been clicking 
like he was last year. And that you could blame that on scheme. You could blame it on, you know, any number of things. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with him when it comes to his performance. So I think that he shares in that, you know, with Frank and with uh, with Josh. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna take it up for TVD because he's he's been playing real bad. Uh, uh, again, he's playing bad. He he's not making the right proper reads, the throws. He just don't look comfortable. He looks confused. Um, um, I know you know we tweet Street tweeted out um earlier that um Josh Gaddis and Ponce need to be communicating or talk a lot more. And I think that's just the natural truth. Like if y'all if y'all see him out there struggling, it's y'all job to get him out there to you know make him more comfortable than he's not. So yeah. if, if if they not doing that for him, you know, they kind of fell in the kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Regardless of the fact that he's playing bad, he's playing that bad, then he shouldn't be out there on the field. But if you still got faith in the kid, give him something that he's comfortable doing. Um, yeah. that they should come up to agreement with say, hey, you know, if you're the officer coordinator, I'm the pass game coordinator. Well, you know what? Let's speed this up. Let's attempt a little more. Let's get him in a little more shotgun. Um, let's get players out in the open for him to make easier throws where he don't have to read. Stuff like that. You got to make it a lot easier for him. And we've seen it done with with, with Lashley offense, where it was a lot easier for him. So I'm not saying it can't be done, because it can. It's just, come on, you know, coaches, this is your job. This is what you got paid for. You're getting paid seven figures to, to make, um to call plays. You got to make it easier for your players. But again, yeah, yeah CVD, you got you to gotta, you gotta play better too. Also. Let me ask you this. Um, and, and this is a question for you too, Streeter. How soon do you think it'll be before Gaddis comes out of that uh, play box down on the field? Do you think that's something that's going to have to take place? You say how soon would it be before Gaddis comes down out on yeah. the field out of the box? Yep. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it should be now. I'm really thinking it should be now. Um. Because the thing is, you know, normally the offensive coordinator is always the quarterback coach. So if the quarterback coach is up top in the box, then, you know, he can still talk to his quarterback. Um, but Josh Gallis can't only just talk to the quarterback. He got to talk to the receivers, too. And it's that's kind of like a double job of him doing. And then you got to think, what is Parts telling um, TVD at the same time? So maybe it's best for him to be on the field where he could talk to both groups at the same time and, and, and be monitoring both groups instead of him being up top, only knowing, well, I could only talk to TVD through the ear, but I still really got to watch my receivers at the same time. So maybe maybe it's time for him to get down there now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I think what how that complicates things for him is the check with me, right? Because he's calling in a play getting them up to the line and he's watching what the defense is doing. And then he's relaying that down, you know, to the field. Um, I think he's going to have to find a way to clone himself and put somebody else up in the box that can relay that information down what they're seeing. But I agree. I think he needs to be down there, you know, hands on with these guys because 
the first four games, we haven't been lighting that scoreboard up, you know, like like most of us expected out of a Broyles award winner. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, so 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 break this down for me, Kappa. So okay, so break this down for the people in here. All right. So um, yeah, I think he need to come down just for uh, just for cosmetics, just how things look. Period. I think he need to come down. But when he comes down, right, Kappa? Um, what do you think that does for TVD, the offense? I mean, Jake, whoever's going to roll out there. Like, what, what do you think that that what do you think that do for them? Explain that process. Well, you have the person that's been barking at you all week in practice, right? That's been working with you hand in hand throughout the week in practice, right there on the sideline. You look over and you see your leader. You see your guy, right? As opposed to hearing him in the headset and looking over to the sideline and, and trying to capture what is being relayed from, you know, a couple hundred feet up in the air. So I think that that comfortability, right, having your leader, if you will, there on the sideline with you, he can come over and talk to you every play. You know, if you come off the field, he's there with you. If he's if he's standing there, you know, doing hand signals, uh, things like that. I just think it's a confidence boost. Um, you know, for not only for TBD, but for the entire offense. Because again, you have to think they're they're hand in hand on Green Tree all week. And they're in the meetings together all week doing film, etc. So, you know, I just think that there's a benefit to him being there on site that we haven't seen with him up in the press box or in the, the sky box rather. Um, you know, trying to call stuff from there. I do see a benefit of him being up there. I just think it hasn't translated. It hasn't translated on the field. So he has to make some adjustments. And I think the easiest adjustment he can make is to come down, be on the field, you know, put his hands on TVD when he comes off. If he's not making the right reads or not making the right throws, he can say, hey, put his hand on his shoulder. Listen, son, this is what I'm seeing from you. This is what hey, I need you to do. Hey, Kappa. You know, uh, what quick up? question, bro. See, that's the, that's the whole problem that I see with this staff. Now, when you talk about accountability, I'm going to put most of the accountability on the players because these have been a part of La Tech. Most of them, the majority of them, some of them have been a part of La Tech, FIU, losing the three and six Florida State. So it's multiple regimes. But think about the composition of this staff and what you just said. The problem with how the offensive staff is made up is Gaddis is the wide receiver coach, right? So if you got him down on the field talking to TVD, who's coaching the receivers, right? Who, who, who's he, out, who he can the, too. But, but that's a but come on. You you asking him to call plays, coach the receivers up, and not coach the quarterbacks. And that was the problem that I said was with this staff. If you think about it, who did Josh Gaddis bring with him to help run his scheme? Like basically, it's almost like we're trying to fit all of these different pieces together. You basically got Mario and Mirabal have worked together for a while. You got Phil, he worked with them in Oregon, but I don't think he was on the field. He's coaching the tight ends. You got Gaddis, who's calling the plays. Then you got Ponce. Ponce was Ponce at FIU? But it's no continuity. I like, first of all, usually if I got an OC, if he's going to coach a position group, I want him to coach quarterbacks. Second thing is, I want that OC to bring in some guys that are familiar with his system because the cohesion is going to be there, right? So you're going to have the cohesion of, okay, he's going to know him and Ponce should be in sync. But Ponce and Gaddis have never worked together, to my knowledge unless y'all know different. So does he really truly in this short, limited amount of time, is he really in sync? Because even when Jake got in the game, Jake missed some reads. Like, or I think it was Arroyo. He was wide open in the back of the end zone 
for the touchdown on that fourth down play, and he missed that read. So I'm like, man, who's coaching the quarterbacks up? Do they know where to go with the ball? Do they know how to progress with their reads? Um, so if, if you had to, if you had to give Jake a grade when he came in, what grade would you give him, AJ? Okay, so okay, so football view, you know I'm a, I'm a hard grader, but I'm I'm really gonna give him an A. And the reason I'm gonna give him an A <laughs> is that he came in un like he didn't know. Like, you know, I, you know, football view, you know, I I give somebody an F. I'm going to give a team an F, but I'm going to give Jake an A. He came in. He didn't know he was going to play. He was cold. And he actually hit his first couple of throws on the money. That's a hard thing to do. But I just do not like, and I'm not saying it can't work, but I do not like the composition of the staff as it's currently constructed, right? And I said that in the beginning. I was the one saying that I would have, if, if you look at the offensive talent that we had, I would have gone after Browse, right? I would have had Kendall Browse run it because Kendall Browse is very multiple. He can be run-based. He can be pass-based. Um, a lot of people disagree with me, but I do think that this can work, but you're gonna, it's going to take multiple classes of old linemen where you have just – you can physically dominate people. You're going to need big physical wide receivers that can block on the perimeter, and that's going to take two to three years. It was the reason that I said if you wanted the first guy to win 10 games, you bring in Lane. If you want the guy to build a program and you want it to sustain, you build in Mario. But I will say this, losing to that Middle Tennessee State team is unacceptable. And I don't want to hear how good they are, what they're going to do. They're going to lose the UTSA Friday. Cool. Yeah, they got up to play Miami, man. Y'all know how sports is. Um, so listen, um, X, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm, here. I'm on the new phone. Y'all sound clear. Kim, you in here with us, bro? Yeah, I'm here. He was. Um, right I thought he was him. Kim, you, Kim, you, Kim, you, <laughs> Kim, name, Kim, name, funny dog. Give me Jake Garcia, please. I'm trying to be polite about it. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, man. Listen, uh, we said we were gonna talk a little about about the program future. Um, AJ, a lot of stuff you said, man. That's 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 funny. We we heard that. We heard some of that stuff from somebody else. I think it was I think it was Hayes or somebody was saying that they don't have any continuity. And I think what you're saying is that if Gaddis has an offense, he's teaching it to the kids and to the coaches. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly right, right, right. So, so yeah, so 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 yeah, that's gonna take some time in itself. You know what I'm saying? Um, but but moving forward, man, I, I, I'll say this, bro. I'll say this, man. I always like going back. I like going back. Going back to when the program was under Al and Mark Rick and, and, and Manny, and we had how many coaches we used to see out there, X, like one coach per group, and then Manny would have a group. And and the program was totally different, right? Then Mario got here, and the highest paid coach I think we ever had by far Um brings in a staff that we wouldn't if we if we said hey give me your dream staff some of us wouldn't have came up with what we have they're here now and they're four games into this right they're four games into it and I think they're going through what new coaching staff go through all the time uh problems in the locker room who should be starting who career is about to end you know what I'm saying? Then you add NIL. Who getting NIL and who ain't performing? Um, but my thought process always was, oh, Miami 
just hired a coach at the top of his game for the first time. And Miami's putting money in the program. They're building facilities. Oh, this is going to work. I don't know if it's going to work this year. I was on record saying, listen, I don't really care what happened this year, but I know this is about to work. And my philosophy, why I believe is about to work, because I believe the only thing that was wrong with the program is what they fixed. More resources, more coaching, better coaching, and just paying attention to the program, putting money into the program. That's what had been missing the whole time. Then you add the top recruiter, one of the top recruiters in college football, to the hotbed of recruiting in the nation. And the future looks bright. It started off, it's starting off a little rocky, if you want to call it rocky. That's one horrible loss. You know what I'm saying? The Texas AM loss. I think all y'all had that as a loss before Appalachian State beat them. Raise your hand. Y'all lying. All right. So <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what I'm saying is I think the future, the future of the program is bright. I was on the field. I was on the field Saturday and watched it. 20 yards away from that dude throwing that bomb on DJ Ivy. It didn't feel good, bro. The, the the fan side of me, not the unmedia side of me, the fan side of me, it didn't feel good when you realize that, holy shit, this is over. Um, But I know it's a process, dog. I know it's a process, and I know they have fixed what they've had to fix to get the program going in the right direction. Now we're gonna open it up, but we're gonna ask. We gonna, I know y'all have questions, man. I know a lot of y'all got questions. Some of y'all hurt. Some of y'all done filed divorce papers this week and shot your dog. Um, I don't know, cut your mango tree. Now I know some of y'all done went half crazy this week, man. But I'm, I'm just here to tell you, dog. Listen, man, it is a process. All these Florida State fans tagging y'all and stuff. Norvell was under 500 his first three years. Now they four and zero or three and zero, and they riding and they riding. I don't even talk to me until the end of the season. None of y'all want Mario to be under five hundred for the first three years. Kappa, Kim, no, uh, do y'all? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's not gonna happen. But <laughs> hey, 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 don't jinx this shit. I'm telling you. No, I, no. Listen, what's what's important right now is that we don't let this shit snowball like we've seen in the past, where one loss turns into five losses. You understand Absolutely. what I'm saying? Regroup. We have a whole season in front of us with ACC play. We can still do all the things that we want to do. As absurd as it sounds, we could still probably make it to the national championship uh, playoffs if we win the ACC. We should have a bid to the playoffs at that point. Am I saying we're going to do that? Probably. Well, not. I don't know. I don't know about the, the playoffs. Yeah, you can't lose. You can't lose yeah, to Middle Tennessee State yeah, and have more than one loss and make it make the not not unless they expand it this year. If, if we win, I don't think you ready for that. Always has a bid, dog. I don't. I don't want to hear it. The ACC always has a bid. Who you going to put in? Three SEC teams? Come but on now. Still, look, they might do that. You get a good bowl game. You get a New Year's a New Year's Six bowl. Um, they'll put two SEC teams in, and they'll get um, Ohio State. I mean, well, you know, Ohio State probably gonna be in if they win their conference. USC will probably get in if they win their conference. So, um, then you got Oklahoma too. You know what I'm saying? So Oklahoma it's going to be lost. Oklahoma. We, we, we won't Oklahoma make the playoffs, State. but. 
Oklahoma just lost to Kansas, dog. They, Kansas they, is winning they, the Big 12. Jalen Daniels, Heisman Trophy. <laughs> Love Jalen Daniels. Yeah, but the the the, the touchback of what Street was saying, um, we yeah, I totally agree. I think the program is headed in the right direction. Um, you know, you're gonna have your growing pains when you have a staff that wants to do things their way, and you still have players who still operating on the old way. Um, mm-hmm. you're just gonna have growing pains until you know what I'm saying you get things going how you want it to go. Um, unfortunately. Some of those players who still on the team, you know, we a lot of us we question them about okay, why is such and such fan still this, this and this and that? You know, the thing is, these kids still practicing hard, you know what I'm saying? So, coaches can't just say, okay, you're not going to play just because you're not performing on the field. You have to perform and practice to get on the field because Mario said it, he said, there's no negotiation. No, there's no nego- negotiating about getting on the football field. You gotta prove yourself that you belong on the football field. But but so, Ed, can I ask a question though about that? Because I disagree. I, I'm not saying that practice is you can't just totally dis- ignore practice. But one advantage, I'm not saying we smarter than the coaches. That's not what I'm saying. But one advantage is we have seen some of these kids for four or five years, and we've always heard y'all have been in practice. People have told us this player, DJ Ivy, tearing it up in practice. Corey Flag tearing it up in practice. A lot of these players, at some point, we have to realize these guys may just be good practice players. We've heard that Leonard Taylor starts slow. Yeah, he starts slow in practice, but he get in the game and look like the best defensive tackle on the team. So at what point do you grade game performance, which I think is more important than what a guy is doing in practice? Because at this point, I'm going to be real. I know we can still make the Coastal, but I'm like, man, play some of these young guys. Play Jaleel Skinner. Play Jay Garcia, play like, like you know what you got in some of these older guys. Play Isaiah Dunson, like, like come on, man, like we if 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 we gonna go down this road and we know we ain't got it this year because that's what it looked like. Play the young guys, play the guys that's gonna be in your system for multiple years. If we lose to UNC, I've said this. I'd go with the full blown youth movement, and I think Mario's on the spot. Mario has said two things. About the Avante Williams situation, he said, uh, there is no discrimination on playing time. You have to earn it, all right? Also, another thing Mario said was, there are no sacred cows. We shall find out. Yeah, I was going to say, that's being put to the test right now because it's, it's it's a lot of guys out there. It seems like they're kind of untouchable, even though they're out there messing up. Like, I'm with AJ on that, like, at some point in time. Our coach used to call us, you know, Thursday night Americans. You practice hard on Thursday and don't do nothing in the game. My coach didn't like that. So Mario has to make an adjustment sometimes to his own philosophy. Uh, practice is very important. But you can't uh, – bro, I'm sorry. You can't You can't drive a Formula One car and practice well and then crash it every track meet and keep thinking I'm going to sponsor you. So at some point in time, we got to make an adjustment there. Well, let me ask you this because I don't get to see practice. Um, Streeter, and I know y'all don't get to see much of it now either. But what is it that guys like Tay and and you know Taylor are not doing in practice that's you know limiting their ability to get on the field, you know, in, in a greater I, you, capacity? You know what I? You know I think. Well, Tay played a lot the other day, didn't he? Tay started, didn't he? 
I don't think he started, but he played. He played a whole. Boy, lot. he was out there second play, third play. He was yeah. out there early, boy. Yeah, he played. He played. A lot. I took he a played. picture of the camera yeah. when I saw him. I was like, oh, so he, so. I don't think it's exactly what they're doing in practice, right? I think it's a lot of things. Kappa, your son played, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things that go into getting on the field, bro. Trust. Um, can they trust you? What you doing off the field? It, it's just a lot of things that go into getting on the field. Um, and Tay, I, I've been saying it for long. I think Tay thing is the play. You got a new staff in. So I think, I think it's, I think it's the plays when it comes to Linda Taylor, we heard Linda Taylor had a rough off season off the field. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, we heard that numerous times. He, he may be the most talented player <laughs> on the team. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know why he, the, uh, He's just talented, bro. Like, he's one of those guys where it's just like, hey, what he did? All right. Listen, we know Make sure you that Saturday. Put on. You put them on <laughs> huh? the field, they're going to put on. Right, right. He, I would love to look at his snap count, but I, I know for a fact he doesn't play enough. Um, but I, I would say this, man. I look at it like this. You come, you get a new staff, they come in, right? And they look at the roster. And they look at the roster and they say, oh, boy, we loaded. Or they say, whoo, we're going to stretch this out. So how do you stretch it out? You can't, you can't stretch it out starting with the young players. You see, you see they falling out. You see they, you see they falling to the wayside every game. We're losing one, two people. So, so how do you manage the roster, right? Try to win games, manage the roster. And make it to the end of the season, and then you regroup. You start recruiting, getting your players in, and yada yada yada. I think that I think that has a lot to do with a lot of those people. A lot of those guys we saw start, cause some of them was head scratchers. Um, yeah, some of them was some of them was head scratchers, and they are what we thought they were. They still getting burned, but I also think if you start off with Chase Smith. Wesley was saying, who you got behind him? You're going back to the dude with the with the with the transfer papers in his back pocket? You're not going back to him. Listen, I'm all right with starting the the, the guys who played the most, right? But I need to see them other guys on the field so they can make an impact. I want them to have that buy-in to feel like, hey, I am contributing. Therefore, I am going to go hard and practice. I am going to go hard and film. I am going to go hard in team meeting. I am going to go hard off the field because I know the opportunity is there for me on the field. You know, when you remove that component, man, that's when you start losing buy-in from guys and you start seeing the MTSU type game, you know? Hmm. I get it. Hey, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, anybody, But what you just said is right. Like, if you go with the start with the freshmen, the young guys early in the season like this, um, can you go? You know what happens if they start messing up? Do you go back to the guys you took you took out the game? You know the the, the ones the older guys. You know, um, sometimes those guys they just give up. Man, I don't know. they took me out. I'm, that's it. I don't care no more. Get out there and they mess up even more. Um, you have that sometimes. So, but. I just feel like, um, yeah, it, it's it's hard when you're losing the key player at each position each week. 
Um, it's a trust issue with, oh, if I put you out there, you got to do exactly what I want you to do at, at all times. Um, because these guys are getting paid money to coach, you know, and um, if they put you out there and you don't do their job, you know, the coach ain't, yeah, he, he probably going to fuss at the player, but he's going to come fuss at that coach too. Like, why you put him out there? You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, they got to keep their job. It's a business at the end of the day. So, um, growing pains, man, growing pains, man. We gonna go through it. Um, Mario's he's he's doing his best to bring in the talent, um, to get us to where we need to be. And and you see, we have the number ten ranked recruiting class right now. Um, we had a, the fifteen class last year for only two months. I mean, he only, he was only here for two months, and he pulled in the top fifteen class. So I'm not really worried about us getting the talent. Um, I, I know AJ spoke about it earlier. He said the coaching staff have to come together. You know, um, yeah, if if Gaddis is teaching a new offense to the team and the coaching staff, well, yeah, the first year it definitely wasn't going, you know, it's not going to work out. You know what I'm saying? We just going to have to pull through, fight it out. Um. Hopefully, we get things done in the ACC, but it's going to take time. It just ain't going to happen like in the blink of an eye, you know. But, so, um, but X, can I ask you something about that? And then I really want y'all opinion on this. Do you think that even with the when they work the, the kinks out and they get more continuity, do you think this style of offense is what suits Miami best with its talent base? Because I'm going to be real. It seems real Dan Enos-ish type. Like, And I'm not saying just the production of the offense. I'm talking about the sets. I'm talking about it seems like more of a pro-style offense. And if you remember, that was our whole complaint of why we wanted to bring Lashley here was his offense was simple. We're going to be able to play fast. And it seems like whether it's good or bad, we've reverted back to a something that's different. And I was under the opinion of that simple spread that we ran because we had so many problems with kids saying they couldn't pick up the playbook. It was too hard. I, I thought that that was the way that we were going forward. Obviously with a new staff, they do what they want to do. But do you even think even after they work it out that this office is, is what you would run at Miami? Well, me personally, um, I, it's not something that I would run. Um, I don't, I, I, and, and again, I don't think it's a bad offense. I love, the concept, the scheme that Gaddis has. Uh, do we have the right proper players? I don't think we have it yet. As far as the O-line, I don't think we have it yet. Because if you look at Gaddis' offense, it's, okay, I want to run the ball to establish the, the pass. Um, if if we ran the ball good enough Saturday on Miss, on Middle-Tennessee State, um, the pass game would have been open big time. But they just wasn't scared of us running the ball. They wasn't scared of us passing the ball. So now you have an offense that really has no identity. So a team can say, well, you know what? We're going to play a base seven-man, eight-man front, and y'all just got to beat us with y'all passing game, but y'all ain't got no receivers to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not opposed to the offense. Um, Again, he can do things to twerk it where he could speed it up a little faster maybe. Um, get the playmakers out in the open a lot more. He can do things like that. 
But again, you do need the players to, to run the offense. And everybody say, yeah, it's a slower offense because he's trying to establish the run to establish the pass game. And um, Cal, Cal, what you think about that? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a problem with the offense. I'd like it to be a little bit faster. Uh, like X said, it's not a bad offense. I would like tweak some of the like route concepts. But at the end of the day, um, Drew said it best and unfiltered. They're having the same conversation. If TVD hits those passes, hits his open men, doesn't look like, doesn't look this bad. We're not complaining about the offense. We probably got, we probably got a win or two more. Um, we're not complaining about the offense. Middle T, Middle Tennessee came in, stacked the box and said, we're going to stop y'all run. Um, just about anybody, any team can do that when they come in and say they're going to stack the box, like stack it, stack it, and not care about your passing game. It's just too many people to block in the run game. I don't care what concepts you're running, what you're doing. So if TVD was able, you know what I'm saying, if he can hit an open guy or find the route read, right read, because I'm going to tell y'all, y'all go back and y'all need to look at some of these, um, look at some of these, um, some of these film breakdowns and things like that. Rewatch the game. See how many guys you look and you see open. You see, well, TVD did have time. He missed the open receiver. And the guy he threw to, he just threw a horrible ball. Or just sometimes when he wasn't patient enough and guys are deep downfield. Because it surprised me, too. I didn't think we were going down the field enough. I still think we should go more. But as I looked at it and I rewatched the game, I'm like, man, we got some bombs going and some posts going. And TVD just can't find it. So if he's finding his man, are we really complaining about the offense? I don't think so. Yeah, I totally agree with that. If, if, if he connects on some of those passes, we're not complaining about the offense. We 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 hype, we happy. Um, you know, when Josh Gaddis got hired, everybody was excited. Oh, we got the Browse Award winner. We gonna be good. You know what I'm saying? Michigan Michigan put up six. Thousand yards um total offense. We gonna be good. You know, everybody was excited. Nobody really thought to see do we have the proper players for his offense to be successful? Is TVD going to be successful in that offense because it was so easy for his previous offense? Stuff like that. You just gotta look at everything. And um, granted, the, the players gotta make plays. You know what I'm saying? Somebody gotta step up at receiver and say, Man, look, TVD, if you look my way, I'm going to catch the ball every time you throw the ball. I don't think he has the confidence with anybody on the team that does that besides Restrepo, and he's out. So, TVD right now is saying uh, every throw he's second-guessing it because he's like, well, I don't even know if they're going to catch the ball. I think they're second-guessing him. Hey, listen. And um, Am I clear? Can y'all hear me? Yes. You good. Okay. Uh, I got a question, man. I got a question. Somebody ran something by me, man. Um, which made me think. Um, so I went to Texas and I went to Texas and them and I saw their stadium and it was lit and, 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 the, and the team looked different at Texas and them. They kind of stood up there. But somebody was like, Hey, listen, man, it's hard to, it's hard to walk in an empty stadium, right? When you don't have it, when, when your team, sometimes your team is just not going to happen. Y'all may start off flat, right? And your stadium is empty also. So you don't have that on your side. Um, and coming from Texas A&M, I guess in that type of atmosphere, 
it's easy to get up for a game or either fold for the game. My question is, because when they when they brought when they brought that to me, they wasn't making an excuse for the loss, but what they were saying was, listen, you gotta self-motivate like it, like it's hard playing. It's it's not hard, but you don't have that extra 12 man when your stadium is empty like that. Do do the fans have some responsibility? Because they always want kids to re- commit here. Everybody want a kid to commit here. Last night, Tyler Williams, come to Miami, come to Miami. Do the fans have some responsibility in in in, in having the team back? Because I know what we always say. I know we all listen, we ain't even gotta go there. Hey, it's Miami. People don't come to things that's hot. Yada 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 yada, but the way they presented it to me made me feel like, well, do the fans in Texas give a fuck about football more than we do? Do the fans in Clemson give a fuck about football more than we do? Like because we don't have our team back like that only when they win. But but let, let me ask you, Footballville. I think you hit on something that I think people not talking about, and I've been hitting on it. I don't think it's that we don't have a back. I think the stadium is just too big for the team. Like. The people are just so spread out. I don't know if you saw Lane Kiffin's comments today about Ole Miss. He was basically like, well, yeah, we're going old, but we come out the tunnel and it looked like we playing in a high school football field. Because he was like, man, the stadium is empty. And he's just like, man, I, I keep telling y'all, like, it's hard to get the team to where we need to be if the atmosphere is like that. Now, I do think he's trying to leave uh, Ole Miss and he's throwing fillers out there. But there's a lot to be said about them. I think that's why we've been starting slow for around 20 years. And I had put up something. Northwestern just, uh, they just, they're building a stadium or they're leasing it. It's about 35000 I think it's too small for Miami. I put it in the Jumbotron. But something about forty-five, no more than 50000 where you kind of design the stadium where you give yourself an advantage. I think Middle Tennessee would have been shook on some of those third downs in the back of the end zone when the place rocking. I think it would have been a lot harder for them. And I think we give ourselves a disadvantage trying to play in a big stadium without a lot of people in it. That's just my opinion on it. Let me let me let me let me say something. Um uh the homie um what's his name? He uh he wrote an article uh when I read it yesterday and it was it was a perfect example um um first home, three home games were totally trash home games why because we played teams that nobody wanted to see yeah if um first three home games is against just say Florida State Texas A&M and Virginia Tech guess what the stadium is packed for those three first home games, regardless of the verdict of the game. It's not about the stadium. It's not about the fans showing up. It's about who we playing. Well, Whoever's we scheduled, about this, scheduled we lost for those first three home games. Screwed up. Yeah, but... Well, that, around, you take next? <laughs> Go ahead, Quinn. Streeter X. Let me ask you this, Steve. You watched the pro game, right? Because yeah, I saw highlights of it. I saw clips. They they don't have no problem packing that stadium for the Dolphins. They ain't have no problem packing that stadium the day after we lost. Um, you know, with with a soccer game. I mean, that place was jam packed. So South Florida is fickle with what they want to support, but they will support if they like it. If they're seeing something that they want to see, like X just said, don't nobody want to see these these you know whack games. 
that were scheduled years ago. We have no control over that right now. We just got to go out there and play. Can I, can I challenge that? Can I challenge you on that, Kappa? Go ahead. I'm going to say it a little bit different. Wait so up, wait up, AJ. AJ, wait up. Let him say something, AJ. Oh, All right. Guys, Street, I said this to you on one of your shows two weeks ago. Miami leads the league, at least on Twitter, of fans giving away their tickets. I'm just like, what? why are you even buying them? And again, I get it. You have things going on. There's a life you have. You have other obligations. Is it just me or does, does Miami lead the country? And, hey, guys, I got four season seats. Um, I can't go. Why? I mean, some of this is on the fans. You can't have it both ways and understand, well, I'm a fan and we're going to do everything. We're going to put the pressure on Mario and the kids have to play. What about you going to six games a year? Well, that's kind of tough. Really? I I don't get it. We're not asking you to go to 41 Miami Heat games. You're not going to 81 Marlins games. By the way, no one's going to any Marlins games. You really ask, even, and I get it. It's a noon game. I've been to those games and I'm from LA. It's tough. Miami has to get better. So they play primetime games. They have to do their part. But there's something that bothers me about the Miami fans who say, yeah, we're proud season ticket holders. And you go to two games a year. They're not doing their part. Uh, There, I said it. Kill me. And some of you guys (laughs) are bullshit artists. You love love it? Yeah, it's called front running. Yeah, but the ticket office sells it that way. They say if you want Florida State tickets, you need to buy season tickets, right? And you can sell those other tickets or you can give them away, you know, you can do whatever you want to do with those other ones. And that's what people are buying these season tickets for, for those two or three big games that they can get. They can have priority seating for those games. Right. So they're fickle fans. You know what I mean? But at and the end I, of the day, come out on the field and play your games. It don't matter well, if there's five people in the stadium. Well, that's the other part I, part I want to make, though. And it's not just to rip the fan. Look, I'm coming in. If our insurance policy, Jake from State Farm, is not the starter, I'm going to be there next week. From lack of better judgment, I'm going to be there. But I will say this about the players. This is what Mario Cristobal has to do now for the next 10 days. And I said this to you, Street. I said this to other people. We need to figure out which guys on the front row. If the game in football, football, and or I saw Saturday was embarrassing. I thought that was a broadcast. Mark Herzlich flat out was saying our effort is shit. It's embarrassing. I don't care if there's two people out because this is what these, some of these guys don't understand. They're going to say, well, it's only Middle Tennessee State, so I didn't bring my A game. I wasn't motivated. If you're a draftable player and they put you into the NFL meetings, they're going to ask, hey, against Middle Tennessee State, how come you were so bad? Do you really think those NFL uh, personnel people are going to say, oh, that's okay, you didn't feel like playing? That's not an excuse. Let's get some guys who actually want to play the game of football. That's a culture change right there that's badly needed. Big time, big time. Go ahead, AJ. Um, I know you had uh, something to say. Yeah. I just wanted to challenge Cap on something. I think there is something to be said for a home field advantage. It's why when you turn on TV and you watch Clemson and LSU talk about how intimidating it is to play at Death Valley. It's why when we went to Kyle Field, you could tell, man, that it can really impact the game. The difference is living in South Florida, I learned something that I really didn't think before I went down there. First of all, the Dolphins fan base 
is larger than the Hurricane fan base. You have a lot of people in South Florida that are Miami, I mean, that are Florida and Florida State fans. The second thing is when I went to Kyle Field, I noticed something. They have a 100,000-seat stadium. Between that ROTC and the students, they probably get about fifty to 60,000 in there between that. So your stadium size should be reflective of what you're getting in in students. Since Miami has a smaller student base, they should not have a stadium that's three to four times the capacity of what their student base is. Kyle Field can hold 100,000 when you got the damn Army and the Navy in there getting 20,000. You got another 30,000 in students. You're, we're just doing this backwards, right? And the reason that the Dolphins can get those guys in there, because you have a lot of people, they may be a Florida Gator fan, but they like the Dolphins because they live in South Florida. They may be a Florida State fan, but they like the Dolphins. Miami really has, they have a spread out fan base throughout the U.S., but they are not like overwhelmingly dominant even in South Florida. And you know that when you live in South Florida because they're a small private school. A lot of people, if they go, even if they live, grew up in South Florida, they went to UF or they went to FSU. So I would challenge that by saying we that, that stadium is just too big. And you're, I don't think you'll ever consistently pack it out. But the part that I really want to challenge is we can't say if our first three games are Florida State and all these other teams because, A, you're only going to get a loaded schedule like that if you play in the SEC. Let's just be honest. We could go to the Pac-12. We could go to the Big Ten. It's not going to – to me, it's not going to draw. And we can't say that because we needed those fans there because we just lost to Middle Tennessee State. I don't know why X said that. <laughs> like, even Texas A&M I mean, played I, I, Appalachian I State. Because when I, read the, when I read the article, it made perfect sense. I mean, if I'm a season ticket holder – each year, um, I don't want to see us play Bethune Cookman, Southern Mississippi, and Middle Tennessee State the first three home games. Saying I mean, it's too many of those games. You saying it's too many of those games? Or those the first three home games of the season? Like, who's hyped to go to those home games? I mean, but and you got to think about cross college football. I mean, a lot of people play. Comes in early, one or two. Right. Okay, so you, you got one. You got one. They gave us three games that nobody really wanted to see. They could have said, okay, we'll give we'll give them a throwing cup. Okay, I understand that's black college. Um a lot of fans who uh who went to Bethune stage in South Florida. Perfect. You turn around, then you give them Southern Miss. All right, think right, okay, okay, okay so, yeah. so so think about this. We got we got a lot of program coming into the season, bro. Right. I mean, now we got another excuse yeah. why we're not showing up. Like, <laughs> like it's just. That's, uh, that's not I excuse. know we. Don't, they're not going to show that's, up. That's right? not an excuse. That's not an excuse because next week I can guarantee you we're going to have fifty thousand or more at the game. We play North Carolina. North Carolina beat us what three years or four years in a row. So I think so. Fifty thousand or more at the game. So, so we saw that hmm. all I'm saying, bro. All I'm saying is all of these, all of these, all of these. Hey, if we did this, hey, if this happened, my question just is, is that do the hurricane fans? Because we know it's more than fans to that game. Do the hurricane fans, older team, do they have any responsibility? Into playing their part to be in the 12th man. That's why that's all I'm saying. Do they have any responsibility to be there? 
They want every goddamn kid to commit to the program. Won't you come turn it around? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say all of y'all are right. Everybody's right. Um, to be honest with you, there's no excuse not to be able to pack the stadium. Um, because like, especially if you're a person that get mad when the kid commits somewhere else, or get mad and cuss out the coaching staff when we can't get a recruit in, but you don't go to games. That's almost like saying, like people love to say, hey, if you don't vote, you know, you can't complain. It's kind of similar. Like you can't say that if you're not like how everybody was talking about Texas A and M. And I didn't go to Texas A&M, but just hearing all the stories, I'm like, God damn, I see why we lose kids to Texas A&M. You know what I'm saying? If we can't provide that for the kids that we want in, we can't complain or if we're not going to put our effort to that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I personally, no, I'm not a person that goes to games. I like watching the game on TV. That's just me. But I'm also not a person that get mad at a kid when he goes somewhere else. But if, if, if that's your stance and all that, you want to – why we can't get this and why this kid – yeah, you should be at the games. You know what I mean? You make it exciting. You make it, you know what I mean? Um, last uh, last weekend, we got Tyler Williams at the game. Yeah, he watching us get our ass beat. But if we there and we pack out the stadium and this the crowd is pumped, maybe we don't get our ass beat. Maybe the team is ready to play. That's why I say all y'all are right, because should it take that to be able to beat Middle Tennessee? Hell no. But it's it's still a part of it. We got to help them, you know, get up for games and stuff. And that, that'll help us get recruits too. You know what I mean? So everybody's right in this scenario. But at the end of the day, there's no reason we shouldn't pack out the stadium. But at the same right. time, like X was saying, at the same time, like X was saying, it, it, it goes with the type of culture we have and the type of people that we are. Yeah, we're not getting up to go see Bethune and this and that and that. That's just the, that's the truth in the bottom line. X, do you really think we're going to have 50,000 bodies? There's a difference between actual attendance and announced attendance. I'd be stunned if we had more than 35,000 people next week. I agree. I was going to say that. I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just going off of the fact that you know, North Carolina has beaten us for, what, three to four years in a row. Um, it's the first ACC game. I think the fans will will actually try to show up for that game because it's a big, it's a bigger game than the first three home games. If TBD um, star twenty five thousand, <laughs> say it again. <laughs> if Tyler, if, if Tyler star is twenty five thousand, twenty seven, twenty five. <laughs> I, I, I think if we don't lose to Middle Tennessee State, there's no doubt in my mind we pack that house. You know what I'm saying? Because then it looks like a big game. It looks like something. And, you know, that's what we do. We get up for big games. Well, but yeah, that Middle if, Tennessee, if we didn't lose to Middle Tennessee State, I think it would have right. been a night game. I think it would have been a night game. Then it would have be, been, been a lot more fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I, I think I, I'm thinking, this, and this is me, I'm thinking like 50,000 will be there next week, Saturday. Again, it's North Carolina. Um, they beat they beat us bad a couple. They beat us bad for like three, four years. I, th- I think I, I think it is four years in a row. Yeah. So hey, Streeter, Streeter and Kim, let me ask y'all a question. Um, because we're saying, do the fans have you know basically a job to do? But does does the school have a job to do? Especially you know after this loss, should they be pumping this game? Have doing something to make sure that that that's that's filled out? Because we know like on a normal basis. I don't think they do enough, you know, in the community. We've talked about this before, just advertisement in the community. I don't think they do enough to get people to games, me personally. So don't they have some kind of responsibility, especially with this bye week 
after this loss, we should be thinking like guys that do ticket sales and they should be thinking of those things like that. Like we on a down spiral right now. We got to pick this up and get these kids. How are we going to get this stadium packed? Yeah, of course, man. They need Caneville. We the best stickers of the nightmare over. It's called marketing, dog. Yeah, they they should have Caneville going to every high school it is from here to that damn West Palm. You know what I'm saying? It, it's called marketing. It's called marketing, and 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 they could do more. Like when he put up those billboards of Nigel Kelly, and um, you can you can galvanize you can galvanize the 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 the, the city. Um, they can push harder. I'm not sure. It seems I'm not sure if they know how. I'm not sure if even the people in place are from here. You know what I'm saying, or or from here, or 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 care enough. Is the question? I don't know. Now I know we got Radakovich. He's from here, um, but yes, man. I don't think I don't think they've ever entrenched themselves into the city of Miami, West Palm, and that that way. Like Kim say, like Kim say, he doesn't even get paraphernalia. He for the last couple of years, they didn't even send him a calendar or, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, so, straighter. To be fair, anyone can have an off decade and a half of negligence, but um, <laughs> you know. But here, here's the bottom line. Okay, it is marketing, and and it is a plan, and it has to be a 24 seven, 365 endeavor. It really does because this is business. That's what college sports is. And Miami Hurricanes football is a brand. So you have to hammer that home. And, you know, and I think you have to engage the community. And I don't mean just with football. We have to be very, we have to look at this from a mathematical standpoint. Many kids actually don't play football. They're just not built for it. They don't want to. Half the population is female, so they're probably not going to play football. But they like sports. They like a night out or a day out or an afternoon out. So just don't give away tickets or create programs based around football and recruiting and future relationships. Actually engage the whole community of Broward and Dade County and make it something where the kids can really get behind a certain school, the color, the logo, Sebastian Yibis, and, of course, the football team. But if you just make it about, hey, if your foot Pop Warner football team wants to go to a game, you can get discounted tickets. I think that's very limiting. I, I do. I don't think that's – I think you're actually playing to the smallest possible demographic. I think it has to start there with the community outreach. And then overall, like I said, you know, I've talked to this with Streeter. I've sent him, like, pictures of my office. But there used to be a time during the off season I would get posters, pocket schedules, magnets, all that stuff. It was great. I've kept all of it. Um, they haven't done anything in a while. So – I think that's the thing. Again, uh, Rad and Alonzo can only work at one thing at a time as they try to rebuild Rome. So maybe, you know, the next off season they they start kind of building up that aspect of it. They need they need the Miami Heat people. The Miami Heat does a great job getting itself through the community, doing programs. And when you get to the game, you can take your wife or your girlfriend or your side chick that don't know nothing about sports, and they're gonna have a good time at the game because they try to engage crowds. They do a lot of things, you know. It's not just about the the game itself. Um, so that's where my the U, UM needs to, like you say. But it's one thing at a time. We got to get the football right. But you know, we we need somebody in that in that PR department and all that stuff. They go steal somebody from the Miami Heat or something. Let me can I let me say this, and this is this is the Miami not 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 the Hurricane fan, but this is the Miami 
South Florida in me. Um, I played football. I played basketball in South Florida. Um, we don't have stadiums. We, we don't have a stadium in, in, in our schools. Uh, we barely play in the stadium with packed players. I mean, with packed fans. I don't know how much does it take for to see a packed stadium for for a player to be motivated to play a game that he loves to play. Um, maybe maybe that era is dead. Maybe they need a stack a packed stadium to play. But I know when I played, we didn't need that. You just need to show yeah. up and have a basketball or football. You know, I'll, I'll defend Miami a little bit because I live in L.A. It's a, a metropolitan city, much like Miami. And, guys, when USC was down last year or during the last couple of years of Clay Helton, it's not like they packed the Coliseum. And right now, I'm sure some of you guys have seen the pictures of the Rose Bowl for the UCLA game. Now, UCLA has played every school in Alabama except Alabama Auburn. They played a really terrible non-conference but that Rose Bowl is empty. I mean, you could literally, as I like to say, throw hand grenades in certain sections. No one would get hurt. That's how empty it is. So cities that have pro teams and have a lot of options like the beach, warm weather, look, it's tough. This ain't Clemson. This ain't, you know, Knoxville. It's not Lincoln, Nebraska. It's not Columbus. It's not Athens. It's not Tuscaloosa. It's a little bit different. It's tougher in cities like Miami and L.A. Right. I mean, so listen, we're gonna take a couple questions. Um, we're gonna take. Hey, we're gonna take a few questions. Uh, if y'all got questions down there in um, in the audience, y'all got questions. We're gonna take. We'll take a couple questions. Um, no, I mean, I understand the the argument that X is saying. I understand. I knew because that's what's always going to go, man. Y'all listen. Y'all playing for you know you playing for pride. I understand that, but but my thing is is that. I hear these fans and I see these tweets and they want these kids to come turn this thing around. You know what I'm saying? And I was just wanted to know, hey, listen, do the fans have any responsibility? I didn't know what I'm saying. Then do the fans have any responsibility? That's all. Um, Byron, um, Byron, you got a question? Yeah, uh, y'all can hear me? Yeah. Y'all can hear me? All right, cool. Yes, sir. Now, I'm not from down there or whatever, but I've been a fan of the program for a while. I know you and X cover all, all the schools down there. I, I did it came in my head this past week when I was thinking about that. And this was, I think it would be dope if Miami had their own stadium. That's why I hope it come through. Maybe they could get all the high school because uh, high school football is so big down there. Maybe if they could get the high school teams to play in Miami Stadium on Friday and Saturday before Miami game and after, you could get them people to pay to come see their kids and stay for the regular Miami game. And then as Miami start winning, maybe you raise the prices, but you get the youth, the, the, from what I understand from y'all from being down there, that high school football is very, very big. And if you got all those top brands down there playing games in the stadium, leading up the Miami game, maybe they stay and you get the community more involved in coming to the game. That's just a thought Uh-oh. I had. I wanted to hear y'all Uh-oh. take on it. <laughs> Uh-oh. So listen, man, so if y'all watch Central and Northwestern play, go at it head-to-head for three hours, you'll want to sit there and watch North Carolina and Miami. Would y'all do that? For another three hours? I also think um, that's nope. what... Uh, <laughs> the Ruiz, Ruiz family, 
I think that's I'm just asking. Is, I mean, some people sit at youth football pause all day long and watch eight games. Yeah. You go you they go do. out to you go out to the Ravens. They do, you, go the, you go out to a Ravens game and um you get out there at 8 a.m. and you might not leave to 9 p.m. Now, I right. can see y'all talk about the culture. Like I, I've been a fan of the Kane since '98 and I live in Tallahassee, so but I hear I know how important high school football is in that area. And when I watch the games that y'all show, I look at the crowds and I'm like, you get an extra five, ten thousand people from each of those single individual games, and you schedule them games on Friday night. The fact that the, the team is letting them come play. Hey, X, I, I got a question. How do you think recruiting's going so far? Has there been any real negative impact from the MTSU loss that you can detect? Um, no, no, no negative. The only negative was the Tyler Williams. He committed to George yesterday. <laughs> okay. All right. Other than that, um, everything is still positive. I think you had a couple comments. I mean, you had um, you had the kid from um, Dillard, the running back, said um, you had a couple comments, yeah, man. Was, but I think, but the I think that, that was misquoted. That was misquoted. I think he he said he basically really said that yeah, he just wants to see us win. He don't. Things aren't going bad for him and his recruit with UM. UM is still okay. leading in his recruiting. He just wants UM to win. Um, okay, again, okay. Jeremiah Smith tweeted during the middle of the game, what's going on? What's, what's your answer to that? Yeah, he tweeted, what's going on? He tweeted, what's going on, UM? <laughs> then he also came back and said, he also came All back right. and said, yeah, UM, right. I think they need me. I think huh? they hey, Streeter. Huh? Was that like when Morris Day? Huh? Hey, hey, Streeter. What? Was that like when Morris Day peeked into uh, the Revolution's locker room during Purple Rain and how's the family? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Coach A's mama say she ain't going to nobody. She ain't committing nowhere to the team that lose to Middle Tennessee. Well, what's, what's up with that? Uh, I don't know what to say about that one. <laughs> so listen, yeah, man, nah, y'all nah. got a question, man. Raise your hand. Request to speak. Y'all got a question. If not, we're going yeah, to go out here. 23 to 23 class, I think. Most of those guys, uh, they, 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 they ready. They ready to come in and, and, and make a change. So, I got a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, hey, Derek and uh, Jacksonville. Man, um, we know you will, man. Nobody don't sound okay, like okay. you, man. Hey, hey, sound hey, like the black Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to talk about my Atlanta accent? That's what that is. Boy, that sounds like yeah. old Mississippi, old Jackson. <laughs> Nah, it's ATL, ATL. Um, well, quick thing off the, uh, the 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 stadium thing. I've been a fan since 83, 84. Even when it was in their heyday winning, the, the, the games weren't always sold out. If the team wins, they will come out. I was at the Notre Dame game, the Virginia Tech game, and so on and so on when they were ranked number two in the nation. When Miami's winning, they come to the game. But ain't nobody gonna come to the game when they're not winning. That's why they're not coming to the uh, game. They're yeah, but that, but, but Derek, Derek, that's exactly what I'm saying. We all know that. We we know if Mario them start winning, that stadium turns into an asset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's beautiful. We did a whole video on it this weekend about this. Y'all picking at our stadium? Look at our stadium. You know what I'm saying? We got a goddamn TV. Yeah. But, but but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is that a packed stadium. Helps the kids, right? Right. Do the fans, all these shit-talking fans that want every kid to give their life to the University of Miami, that got tickets and don't come to the game, 
Do the fans have any responsibility in being that 12th man? I was just at Texas A&M and saw everybody with yeah. the damn 12th man jersey on. Because they, they have a responsibility to come cheer on them sorry at Aggies. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm, yeah, well, I'm going to tell you, the out-of-town fans like myself, we hell and I in. I'll be there at the Carolina game. We we hey every time I come down, there's a ton of out of towners coming to the games. We handling I in, and when they travel out of town, they packing the state. They represent. Go well, ahead, what? Something else okay. that I wanted to say. Um, okay, go I, ahead. I let y'all talk. Um, uh, when I called in last week, I was talking to some of the guys about I had concerns with the uh, cornerbacks, and they said everything gonna be okay. I've been seeing Tyreek. I mean, I won't single nobody up, but I've been seeing Tyreek and Ivy. You there, you there, you, you broke up real bad. In the portal. Oh, <laughs> in the portal. So somebody else had a question. Watch, you got a question? Yeah, not necessarily a question, but um, I just wanted to say, what's, what's good, fellas, first of all, man? Hey, what's up, what's up? Um, I just want to say, man, like, I wish I could go to the games. I am down here, but unfortunately, I be at the damn park with my kids, you feel me? So I got to watch it on my phone. You know you know how the park is down there. So, but um, I feel like with the stadium talk, man, yeah, we got our own stadium. But, but she told nobody really want to go to a noon or early game when they play in Middle Tennessee. I'm just being honest. Like that's that's kind of the things that I think that we need to do. We need to go to the SEC to bring in better opponents. We don't need to bring in them type of opponents if we are uh, expecting a, a, a big crowd where you want to sell a recruit. Like that. Miami just not going to show up for that. Just like the Miami Heat, bro. When the Miami Heat was winning with LeBron James in the building, people wasn't going to the games unless it was a big game. It, it used to be times where the, the Heat didn't sell out. So, I mean, Miami is a fan base where they want to go to a show. If it ain't no show, bro, people ain't going to turn out like that, man. But stop, let's stop asking these top kids to come here then and yeah. put on. Let them go to the SEC, too. Yeah, they want to play LSU and Alabama too. That's, right? that's, that's why. That's why I answer. say. That's why I say we should get that SEC. We need to try to join the SEC. I'm just being honest because we got that type of schedule and we playing a, a Florida, a Mississippi, a, 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 a Alabama, a Georgia. People gonna go to them games. I'm just. But being, even, just but even, but even real. Texas A&M, bro, 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 even Texas A&M play Appalachian State. Even Alabama played. Uh, like they all play. They all play. You know, directional school. Yeah, they all they all do it once or twice a year. And they do not all they game, not all their games be sold out when when you look at the TV too. Them Boy, right. sold out like you know that all the time. Well, you know what? You know it don't look like uh <laughs> you know it don't look like it hard the hard rock hard rock be looking like man we won. <laughs> now I ain't gonna lie, it looked terrible, man. Like and we gotta do better. We we do, but right now my schedule is, is messed up because you know. Like my kids be out there, gotta be out there at nine. We, they don't they get started late. So by the time we leaving, it'd be about six, seven o'clock. So, right. So it, yeah, man. We got gosh, we got gosh flattest in here, man. 
What's going on, Streeter? What's going on, man? Not much, man. Hey, we need to get this. We need to get out this mindset with of I only want to show up to see who Miami plays. Thank you. We got to get out that mindset <laughs> of oh, I only want to go to Miami play. I only go see Miami play because they playing such and such this week. You need to go see Miami play because of who Miami. But if you got kids and you got other obligations, that's one thing. But the people ain't got no kids and you a Miami fan, you talking about, oh, I only gonna, I'm only going to go to Miami when they play Florida State. You ain't a Miami fan. You just live, you just live in Miami. And you just looking to, you, you just want to, you just want to go for the, for the entertainment. You ain't going to go root for Miami. You just want to go to be seen. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> And that be most I feel like two big games see right now. See, Steve, see let, let, let me be clear. Steve could talk that trash because Steve is flying from Cali to come see TVD start versus North Carolina. Hey, don't say TVD's gonna start, man. Don't don't ruin this trip, man. I, st- I can still cancel with Jet hey, Flu. Don't Steve, don't do that, Streeter. Steve, I don't told you that. this yesterday though. Is this really <laughs> TVD fault? Like we acting like thank you, like TVD couldn't turn it around. And I really don't think this TV hasn't played the best. But I think we could do some things to help TVD, and we could still, we could still win. Like I don't, AJ, I don't, I don't you're want right. to be down if TVD trot out there, then the whole stadium is. No, but AJ, I don't disagree. But here's the thing: we got to get out of these condensed sets. We are loading up the box offensively, and we don't have the personnel to just bulldoze people. But I will say this: I feel bad for TVD, but AJ, his body language last week and his facial expression. Was the worst. He looked like Debbie Downer in shoulder pads. But what he about the receivers? Like... What about the old line? I could say that about the whole entire well team. Like everybody was until like, Garcia came in, right, Streeter? <laughs> until Garcia <laughs> came in, right? And then they all got gummy berry juice from somewhere, right? Where they got the gummy berry juice from, AJ? <laughs> AJ, where they got the gummy berry juice from? Hey, hey, it's they, put in that, <laughs> they, they put some in that Gatorade uh, football field. They put right, right. I think, I think, I think TVD. I think TVD is a young. I think TVD is a young kid, right? Right. And I think, I think he can get it together. I think kind of like, kind of like what Tua and and Hertz did. Hertz sat down for a while, and then eventually had to come bail Tua out. One, you know what I'm saying? I think he, I think, I don't think right now, right now, I don't, it's, it's not even about who you start. This is more so about TVD didn't look like, TVD didn't look like mentally there. Like, 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 like him said, we, we saw a meltdown. It looked like a meltdown to me. He had a rating of, sit down for a while, get his wits back, get his confidence back. Um, and then maybe we can, we can go back to him. Um, after they, they, you know, just sit him, sit him down for a while, but I don't think, bro. If he throws an incomplete pass versus North Carolina, that crowd is going to go crazy. Thirty thousand, fifteen thousand, it still wait, gets wait. loud. Because when Jake came in there, that crowd was loud. But 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 Streeter, this is the thing though, Streeter, and I I, I just said this uh, in our in our space. I said now that Gaddis has a sample size of four games of what he can and can't do with TVD, right? If he comes back out after this bye week and our offense looks better and he figured out what TVD can and can't do, that's that's progress. But if he just comes out and still just calls plays, just to call plays and and whatever, he might as well just play Jake because then yeah. at least with Jake, at least Jake, you can just call whatever and he's just gonna stand in there and slang it. 
But right. you know, God's, no, God's no. plan is what? What can TV do? What? What? What, did, what has he proved? What has he? What has he proved that TV can do other than throw the ball to Lassie? I mean, he, he's proved that he can. Um, if you what? if you speed up the offense, <laughs> if you speed up the offense and and go four minute offense or two minute offense with 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 TVD, I think he can do that, right? But when you got him trying to make reads, because cause me personally, I after seeing what I saw this year so far, I don't think TVD is as good as we thought he was. So if you're gonna play him, might as well just try and stick to what he can do. Instead of right. trying to just throw the whole book at him, because I, I, I don't think I, I think he's limited. I think he's limited in what he can do, and he showed us that he can succeed at a certain thing. Maybe he was going to be able to build on that cow, man. Help help me out here, bro. Get me out of this. I, I think uh, so. So what I, what I, what I, what I heard, and and um, really, I wanted to ask you and X, uh, is Kappa still in here? Kappa gone? Um. I want to know if y'all noticed this because this was somebody said to me. Somebody, I, I guess TVD might have mentioned something about it um, on one of his interviews or press conference saying that, I guess, Gaddis mentioned something about putting in some more things that he was comfortable and familiar with from last year. And somebody says, you know, from watching the game and from seeing it, it looked like some concepts from last year were put in the game. Now, if that's true, that's a huge problem because you still made no progress doing some of the things that you were familiar with already. Like, you still Kyle, look the way you look. Kyle, ahead, shouldn't bro. Gaddis have done that four or five months ago? Uh, it's a yes and a no, because you, yes. you got to ask, yeah. you look at Streeter and X, and they say he doesn't look like this in practice. They say in practice, he looks like he everything looks awesome is working fine. Jake, huh? Jake looks like, yeah, right. he looks awesome in practice. I mean, so I'm just telling you guys, it, it, if I am a new... He's going to with practice. No, but it's hard to second-guess a coach. It's hard to second-guess a coach after, you know, you came in and installed your offense and you was like, oh, this guy can run my offense because he's doing it in practice. Practice is where you earn starting jobs. Practice is everything. So it's it's hard to say, dang, because I said the same thing. I said, like, you should have kept some of the concepts from last year, but if he looks great in practice, damn, that's hard to second-guess. The one thing about it is, I do, I do, I, I do uh, agree that they did put in some concepts about um, what TVD did last year. But when you are obviously coordinator, you kind of get comfortable with calling your stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of hard to say, well, let me go to something that I don't normally do. You know, um, you live and die on what you got. You know what I'm saying? But I do think that they are going to start implementing some new stuff that he did um, the past year. You know, I hear this from coaches all the time. Think players, not plays. And I get everyone has a system, but there has to be a marriage of system, player, and play calling, and they all have to be aligned. And I just, again, my, my view is this. Any coordinator has to play his system. I get it, but they have to tailor that system to the strengths or the weaknesses of that player. Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember an old story when Mike Holmgren was the coordinator for the 49ers before he got the Packer job. And he knew even within that system, there was this one play, like a deep crossing route at the, like the third level. They ran it a few times. They got intercepted like two or three times. You know what Holmgren did? He just told Joe, Joe, with me, you're never going to run that play. You're not good at it. You can run other stuff. That play is now out of our system. 
because it doesn't mm-hmm. suit you for whatever reason. Some guys, sometimes it's not really all that complicated, in my view. Yeah, and, and, like, and you, you know, and you know what it is too. We're dealing with an offensive coordinator, right? That trying to implement his system um, into the program, and also he's trying to, you know, prove his name. Like he's trying to prove his name. He's trying to see he won the Bros Award. He's trying to, you know, prove who he is to to the national media, to the local media, to the team, to everybody. So it's just like. You know, he's trying to put in, but, you know, at this point, you got four games now. You know what your quarterbacks can and can't do at this point. Like, But, but, but do you? Like Streeter said, do you? Because you, you, you run all this stuff in practice and you do it well and you get into the game. You can't hit an out. You can't hit a back out the backfield. You can't hit a comp. Like, what the hell do I do with you? I don't I don't know. You but but, I, 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 but I, I said this and I asked Streeter this question the other day. Is there something going on with TVD outside of football? Because right. – when he plays, I'm not seeing that ump in the throws. I'm just seeing a guy that's just going out there and he's playing going because he going through the motions because he's the quarterback. If he wasn't the quarterback, he'd probably be playing golf right now. Like he doesn't <laughs> look like he doesn't look like a player that's out there that wants to be out there. When you watch the game tape of Texas A&M when they first trot on the field, look where TVD's eyes is. It's not on the players. It's not on the huddle. It's on the crowd. It's on. It's on everything else around him. You know what I mean. So he's not blocking out. Like he's not blocking out the pressure. And we kind of saw it last year, where when he when he has a a pressure game, Florida State, Virginia, North Carolina. What happened? He came out flat. He, he came out scared looking. He mm-hmm. came out looking like he was worried. When he's when it's a game where he had confidence, like the North Carolina game, he came out slinging that shit. So. It's either it's 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 a mental thing right now with TVD, and at this point, like I'm I'm all for um sitting him down and letting Jake play it. I'm all for it because I feel like Jake he ain't, he ain't with you know pressure's not his problem. It, I'm gonna defend him real quick, Drew. And hey, I'm gonna remember the spots right, and I'm gonna defend him. Go ahead. When when no, the reason had... I said I'm gonna defend him. Oh, go ahead, Calvin. No, nah, I was gonna say, man, X was sitting in the press box, and and Larry Bluestein was up there saying, you know, about our personnel uh, groupings. We had Thad in there running well, and every time they took Thad out, put Parrish in, you know, it would bog down on us. You remember that X? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, we see that though, um, not only with the running backs, we see it with the receivers too. Like you got Redding out there dropping pass after pass. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Why aren't you getting some of these other guys in? You got, you know, DVD out there. I mean, um, uh, um, Ivy out there getting bombed on. Why aren't you putting these young, you know, DBs in there, giving them the opportunity to go out there and show what you've taught them? You have to give them the opportunity to display the things that you've taught them. You know, I understand if if they not performing well in practice, whose fault is that? It's the coaches. Because you have to scheme. What Steve was saying, you have to scheme to your 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 personnel and scheme away from your weaknesses. Okay, and that I'm is gonna go with, I'm gonna go with what you said. You took, my but but I, I I honestly I feel bad for Brinson. I feel bad for Romello Brinson because countless times he's running out of field wide open like he's running a track. Yeah, yeah, but they ain't only the one wrong way. Like this is what I'm going back to what Kappa said about personnel. They have Romello Brinson trying to run like these, like it was almost like a jet sweep one time, and it was almost yeah. like they ran. He ran, like he a, ran two jet sweeps in the last three games. With, with Brinson, that should be Brinson. Right. Then yeah. you have on Texas A&M, 
you have Henry Paris trying to catch the ball out the backfield. That's the play that should go to Jalen Knighton. And that's why I'm going to defend TVD. There's a lot of other stuff in this offense that is not making sense. It's not just Tyler Van Dyke, right? So what? What? how can we excuse we ran for 1.6 yards a carry on Middle Tennessee State? Nah, that ain't just Tyler Van Dyke. I'm sorry. Then hey, guys, we need, oh, we need less. We need less Mallory and more Arroyo. Mallory, right. I think, is almost unplayable. His inline blocking is a complete liability. Well, listen, check this out. It, 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 a part of that, a part of that running game struggle is on TVD because they dared us to throw the fucking ball and we couldn't throw the fucking ball. So they're stacking the box. Everybody's in there. I don't care what level of competition you playing. It's hard <laughs> to run when, when you know, you got eight, nine, ten guys looking for you to run and ready to stop it. But mm-hmm. like, like I'm, I'm, but my, I'm my, I, I got a question too. Is TV, is TVD allowed to check out a place? I mean, if he can't, if, if he can't, I, I don't. I, he did check out a play uh, Texas A&M. Uh, they talked about it on the um on the game. I forgot which play it was, and he checked he checked down to some kind of run or some shit or whatever. Now I don't know the length of his check his his checkouts. You know what I'm saying, or what he can switch to, but um. What I was gonna say, like you guys are talking about, like a uh, personnel groupings, I'm I'm a hundred percent on that. That needs to change. But I asked Streeter this the other day because when you're talking about personnel groupings and Redding being allowed to average three or four drops a game, do y'all think that I asked? Do y'all think that Mario is afraid to be uncomfortable? Um, because we're dealing with certain players not playing because we're saying okay, they may not know the defense or yada yada yada, but we know that they're playmakers. We're dealing with certain personnel groupings, and it goes back to, oh, this is a guy that they feel like they can trust. But these guys aren't getting it done. So I, I start to wonder, is Mario afraid to be uncomfortable? Because we all know, we all play sports. We all have these guys that are not the brightest, but they can play the game. Guys that don't practice the best, but they can play the game. And so sometimes you put those guys in, you may put them in in spurts. Or like Kappa says, you scheme towards their strengths and away from their weaknesses. I wonder, is Mario afraid to be uncomfortable? And does that trickle down to the rest of the staff? Yes. I agree with that. That That's a great question because we're seeing it. Plus, I mean, even with, with the TVD versus Jake talk, are we as a fan base afraid to go away from TVD as well? So, Who's so. We? I'm not. I, Who's we? <laughs> not me. If you're not afraid. <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid, but but I'm, I'm still not. I, I ain't scared. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think the fans are afraid to go away from TVD. Which one? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm still I'm I'm still hearing the the argument about you know TVD and and just give them a chance and you no, can't go I, away I, from I think them. The argument is I think the argument is being made for TVD because the coaches ain't came out and announced that Jake is the starter. If you change the QB and it still don't work, what do you do then? And the offense still looks shitty. Change him. You put you you put Rashad at quarterback yeah, and run the wild. You pay Gaddis to <laughs> you pay the <laughs> offense. You pay the offensive staff Listen. their bonuses and the. I mean their their buyouts in the offseason. Go get yourself a new staff. Guys, that's it. That's it. it. Right. Let me let me talk to you. When them stacking the box, you know how you get them off of you. You know how you get them off the line of scrimmage like that. You, you throw the ball. You throw perimeter threats. I don't care if you throw an incomplete forty yards down the field. Throw the ball because then they got to respect the fact that you got an arm, right? What else can you do when they're blitzing the shit out of you like they did to us the second game? How do you beat the blitz? You pass into it. 
You pass into it. Don't, don't give me a bullet pass. Give me some touch. Toss the ball right over the linebacker. Toss the ball right over that corner that's blitzing off the end. Give the, the team an opportunity. Put them in a position to make the plays, right? And so, then you'll start to see when you start passing and putting that ball downfield, them safety's got to be, you know, on points. They can't. So, so Kappa, I 100% agree with that. So, so let but, me just ask Kappa this. Why in the first interception would you run the first play of the game when you got a stack box? Why would you run four routes that none of them went vertical? Yeah. That was a play designed by the coaching staff. So that's oh, I think, I think what, I'll, say what, I'll say this. I'll say this. I think what Gaddis does as far as the passing game goes is he starts off the game with shadow shit to get TVD into a rhythm. And then he then he exactly. goes to the intermediate throws, and then he goes to the deep throws. But he ain't throw deep. He ain't throw deep. And he, but he never got it. That he was never his got choice. But but the to, be there. You, to be honest with you, he never got a chance to even get to the deep throws because just, TVD was missing on the short shit. No, okay. Drew, he threw. I Drew, exactly. he, no, they were there. I can I can call out specific plays. Uh, me and Streeter talked about it this morning. Um, we were down like twenty four ten, and TVD he drops back, and instead of climbing the pocket. I don't know what he did. He tried to take off hey, or something hey, or whatever. Hey, he hey. got sacked. He had three receivers. Everybody went deep. He had three receivers. All of them were open. Tell and all that. he had to do was take notice. Tell so the deep throws I, are I, there. I, He's not throwing the ball. Right. See, TVD, TVD has an issue. Now, TV. Why did Jake come in and hit chunk play after chunk play after chunk Because, you know, I, exactly. I, you know what? Exactly. Right. You know, the plays you know are there. I'll say this. I'll say this about TVD. One. His pocket awareness sucks. It sucked last year and it sucked this year. Anytime he feels a little pressure, what he does, he rolls out back deep in the fucking back of the back of the pocket and loses eight yards just to just to climb back to get three yards to throw the ball. He's he he did that last year. And he did it. He did it in, this, in the game in Texas A and M, and he did it this past Saturday. He sucks. That's eight. all fundamentals. That's all fundamentals. TVD's Jake got better fundamentals than than TVD. Right. So who's 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 coaching fundamentals for for Pons. quarterbacks? Look, Pons. Pons. You can say it's punts. You can Nobody. say it's punts. That's but... the answer. Nobody's coaching fundamentals because they shouldn't be getting coached fundamentals at this point in college football. No, you always get second fundamentals, bro. No, you all you always get fundamentals. Yeah, you can tweak fundamentals. You can tweak fundamentals. Even, even in tweak. the NFL, even in the NFL, they teach fundamentals. So you, you can, can tweak. They still you do tackling drills. But I feel like I feel like I feel like Jake. Growing up had better QB development than TVD. It shows. It shows. He's a California quarterback. He had a quarterback tutor named Danny Hernandez. I know people that know him. And he probably has been taught by Danny Hernandez from before high school. Yeah. So I I feel like some of QB, I think some of TVD's development, you know, sometimes when you got these multi sport quarterbacks, you know, they don't spend a lot of time growing up. Playing the position, they playing basketball, baseball, playing all those other sports. So I think some of that, I think some of that is TVD's fundamental development. It's just, it's just not where Jake's at, Jake's at right now, right? And I think, I think it showed on Saturday because, like somebody said, Jake's second pass, he stepped him in the pocket and delivered a strike to K K five that for a play that should have been a touchdown. You know, like so. You got that issue going on, and I think mentally, TVD he checked out. I think he's checked out mentally. Right. I'm yeah, glad you said that because I I think hey, Jake, so fellas, his, um, we you know, we had ahead. a pretty good space tonight, man. Definitely wasn't trying to be on it that long. Yeah. But, 
Hold on, who this? Frank Martin. I grew up the Orange Bowl. That's that's my. Where he at? Somebody put it in the jumbo trial. Frank Martin. He ain't here. Frank Martin, John Ruiz. I grew up in the Orange Bowl neighborhood. We parked car. That's my guy, man. That's my guy, man. He was he was coach at Miami High. That was my AU basketball coach. Crazy too, Frank, boy. Frank was crazy, boy. But let's get up out of here. He must have cussed people out all the time parking those <laughs> oh, cars. Man, I, I was scared of Frank, man. I seen Frank hit. <laughs> I seen Frank hit UD, and I was like, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to play this guy. <laughs> Frank was a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, he hit players like that. No, nah, nah, Frank was crazy. Yeah. But let's get up out of here, X. Listen, um, <clears throat> every week, man, we're going to do this 730 every week, man. Y'all go check out uh the video we just dropped. And if you want to be a football villain or get down with IRD squad, um, invest or die, uh, the, the link is at the top, man. If you want to get into investing and you want to learn about crypto, you want to come watch us make trades and make option plays, we do that every day. Um, the link is at the top. Uh, if you want to be a football villain, um, that's where we put all the membership videos. We had a, a only only membership live today where we talked about some stuff, Tyler Williams and, and some other stuff. Um, so just man, seven eight six four five nine four nine nine. If you got any questions about anything I just said, seven eight six four five nine four nine nine, and we are gonna get up out of here. Uh, X, you got anything else, bro? Nah, that's about it. Uh, footballville top uh top ten high school footballs in South Florida probably be out what later this week. Yeah, we're gonna put that out. We we already put that together, man. We fighting back and forth between a few schools. Uh, we'll, we'll get that out later this week. Um, but listen, man, listen, man, breathe. I got something Breathe. for you, Trita. Talk to me. Ex-birthday bash coming up. UNC game. Y'all need to come out to the tailgate, man. Come check us out. Tell the people they what orange. What, what's that? Oh, now it doesn't matter if TVD starts or not. I'll be there. <laughs> West West 21, orange lot. There West it is. 20. So, man, just breathe. Hey, they gonna, breathe, hey, man. They gonna, um, Tell them. They going to have them girls from the Dolphins game? Say it again. <laughs> Them girls from the Dolphins game. <laughs> Am I gonna bring? I mean, I can. I, I don't want to be the only one spending money though. So, I had a question. I got a question though. I got a question. Somebody jumped on me about that. Is that inappropriate to have those girls out there at a Negative. at a hurricane game or a dolphin game? Negative. Absolutely not. Somebody was. Somebody was like, "Man, listen, man, I gotta walk by with my kids." What you say to that? Go on green lot. Go to the east. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's certain lots. Like the, I think the lot we at is is is, is not kid friendly. So don't bring the kids over there. <laughs> nah, but um, I mean, I think the, the way they did it, they had it, they it, they had it out in the open. The, um, the the normal way that I would do it is I would have a tent where it's only you can only see inside that tent. Right. And and the girls had pasties and stuff like that on. They wasn't naked. You know what I mean? Just well, so you'd have been straight, you'd been straight your five year old saw um diamond pasties. <laughs> they see worse than that at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? We be acting like our kids don't see goat sex on their cell phones, man. Let's get up out of here before we get in trouble. Yo, yeah. Um, all right, man. So man, we appreciate y'all, man. Come follow us on everything we own, man. Come follow Caneville. Caneville almost at what, sixteen thousand? Yeah, we almost at sixteen. I think we like forty, maybe forty away from sixteen thousand. Yeah, so all the complaints y'all got, man, y'all talking about we can't talk, we from the hood, we can't spell sixteen thousand in y'all mugs. All right, how about that? Listen, man, 
y'all breathe. The process has changed at the University of Miami, man. Y'all got to be IOD squad, investor, die patient, dog. Y'all have to be patient, man. There's going to be some bumps in the road. Nobody would have, nobody would have, nobody put Middle Tennessee as a loss. You know what I'm saying? Nobody would put Middle Tennessee as a loss. I'm sure they did. But it's going to be growing pains, man. But I'm, I'm, I'm assuring you, man, that that process has changed. And I really believe that the, 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 the few things that were wrong with Miami for the last 20 years, they are fixed. It's just, it's just going to take some time to come to fruition, bro. That's all. That's how I see it. All right, man. Peace, man. We appreciate y'all.